award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We've got a great show for you today. I've uh, got uh, Cole Hardy with us. He's our Aquatic Nuisance Species Coordinator. Yes. Or ANS, as I like to call it. <laughs> Much easier to say. Uh, but he's going to be with us today to talk about Asian carp. We're going to get an update on what's going on in the world of Asian carp. Don King is helping me co-host today. Yeah, you bet, Jason. Thanks for the invite and uh, looking forward to catching up with Cole, getting to know him a little bit, too. He's he's uh, relatively new here to the agency, so yeah. so uh, I have to welcome him to the family. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're excited to, to meet you today. Uh, we've worked together for a few months now, or, and uh, we've gotten to know each other at work, but let's let the other folks learn about who you are and what you do for us. Uh, but first, I want to chat about uh, where you came from, how you grew up. Did you grow up in the outdoors? What brought you to the world of fisheries? Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in north central Iowa, uh, a little, little play town called Clear Lake. Um, loved hunting and fishing growing up. I uh, usually found myself walleye fishing off the dock, uh, trying to trying to do a little turkey hunting here and there. And, uh, yeah, that's my, my dad, my family is into it, so that's, that's kind of how I got into it. So they passed it on. Yep. We like to say that around here, pass it on, you know. Right. I so pulled in cool. the parking lot a while back, and uh, actually, he, uh, Cole drives the same kind of vehicle. I've, I've got a little Ford Escape, and I, <laughs> I noticed this Ford Escape, oh, it looks like my car. And then I pulled up next to it, and Iowa license. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I hardly, you don't see many Iowa, Nebraska, of course, I'm from Nebraska, but uh, originally, but you don't see many from the Midwest around here. So, uh, so it was, I thought, well, I wonder who's driving that thing. So, anyway, it was good to, good to meet Cole. And, that's a long commute. I had, yeah, really, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be changing. That'll be a Tennessee play here very, very soon. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to have you here at the agency. Uh, so tell folks, uh, uh, where'd you do your studies? Where'd you learn uh, and, and become a, a fisheries biologist? All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I grew up in Iowa. Um, Iowa State University is there, so I you know, went down to traveled down to Ames and uh, did my undergrad in animal ecology at Iowa State. Um, after that, moved on to Tennessee Tech, uh, where I, I worked on the catfish project. So I studied some catfish population dynamics on uh, Kentucky Lake, Chickamauga, and Fort Loudon. So, enjoyed my time there, and um, after that, spent a few years in Florida, um, three years down in Florida as a regional biologist, uh -huh. uh, and here just recently in uh, December, moved back up to Tennessee and yeah. started on with the agency here. All right. Good wow. deal. Left Florida for Tennessee? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the warm, sunny weather. Were you on the coast down there? Uh, I was about halfway between Tampa and Orlando in uh, Lakeland, Florida. Okay. So, a little bit of a drive. Not not terrible, but yeah. We've had a few migrate to Tennessee from Florida, haven't we? Yeah. In the, in the uh, wildlife and fisheries world so uh yep. so that's cool yeah sorry for stealing your gas down there <laughs> but we're happy to have cole here uh so uh so awesome so you've uh worked in fisheries for a long time and and uh well for three years i guess now and uh you know what you're doing so we brought you here as the asian carp or the asian carp the aquatic <laughs> nuisance species coordinator seems like asian carp coordinator <laughs> kind of top of the list I Dealing guess, a, right lot. The moment. So, <laughs> a so, lot yeah. with asian carp right. so tell us uh, a little bit about 
what you do for the agency and and explain to folks that may not know we do have Asian Carp and what's the issue there. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm like you said, I'm the uh, I almost said it. Yeah, there you Asian go. Carp coordinator. <laughs> I'm the aquatic nuisance species coordinator. So, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of the the aquatic invasives, the uh, carp, zebra mussels. Uh, what else we got? Um, whirling disease, didymo, things like that mm-hmm. um, that are that are impacting the state's you know native species. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, uh, you know, car- carp are my big issue right now. Um, we work a lot with uh, a number of other states and um, another a number of other federal agencies, and and you know we're really trying to to stop these fish mm-hmm. um, from from having a negative ecological impact and economic impact on on the state. And that kind of so. touches on why they're bad, but but why, what do they what do they do in the waters? They jump and it right. can cause problems. What what's the problem with them and why do we, why do, why don't we want them here? So, uh, you know, they Asian carp, uh, in particular silver carp and big head carp uh, feed very low on the food chain. You know, they they feed on uh, phytoplankton and zooplankton. Uh, and they compete with our native fish for, you know, that, that food source. Um, they also can, can displace our native, native fish by just the space that they occupy and, mm-hmm. and being such a large biomass in that area. Um, but, you know, they compete with paddlefish, uh, buffalo, shad directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, most of our, our sport fish, our, our native sport fish that people are interested in going out and catching uh, – as as small larval fish, uh, early in their life, they feed on on those same things. So right. there's a there's a competition there for food um, that can impact that. And they're also the silver carp in particular. You know, they're the they're the jumpers. They're the ones that um, people recognize from from videos and photos where there's just tons of fish in the air all at one time. And um, so they they can impact um, have an impact on on humans on. Um, as a hazard, literally, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, yep. they can jump out of the water and hit you while you're driving down the lake. Exactly. And, so, what caused them to jump? What what makes them jump? That's uh, just a, a fear response, fright. So they're they're a lot more sensitive to um, you know noise and things okay. than, than any of our native fish are. Um, you know, now and then, maybe if you're in the back of a, a really still cove or something like that, if you crank an engine, you might see some of our shad or things like that uh-huh. jumping, flitting out of the water a little bit. Um, but, but the carp will have that s- a very similar reaction. You know, you'll see these 10, 12-plus-pound fish just torpedoing up out of the air. Wow, so, right. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you've, if you've browsed the web and, and looked at some videos, you've probably seen a lot of that. Right. And can, can, go, can go check those out online. Um, so, hey, just dialing back. Sure. You're rolling back. How initially did they ever get here? Hey, that's where I was going. Uh, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> good sorry. Didn't mean We're to We're on the same it. page, no? <laughs> um, so, you know, Asian carp were originally brought into the U.S. as, uh, you know, a, a solution to some problems in, in aquaculture systems where they would uh, be able to filter that, that, that water uh-huh. uh, in aquaculture ponds. And so... Um, like a lot of things with the, the best of intentions, you know, um, things things got out of hand and uh, flooding on the Mississippi River uh, allowed those fish to escape uh-huh. from their aquaculture facilities. Um, and so they've been in the Mississippi River and they reproduce there and in the Ohio River as well. And, you know, they just are 
essentially branching out from that uh, point of introduction. Right. So, um, in Tennessee Reservoir specifically, you know, we, we see these fish moving up through uh, our navigation locks. So. Uh-huh. Okay. Gotcha. And so recently there was one, we're going to say one fish uh, reported. Reported, yeah. Um, in Chickamauga. And tell us about that fish, what we found, what we heard, uh, the photo. There was a photo going around that kind of confirmed it, I guess you could say. But right. are we worried about that one fish? So, you know, that, that fish jumped into an angler's boat while he was out fishing a tournament. Um, he he held on to the picture for a little while and then uh, ultimately sent it in to us. Um, and that that fish is a concern, mm-hmm. um, but not, not nearly to the level that we see some concern uh, further down on our... our Reservoirs on the Tennessee right. River, other bodies of water. Yeah, you know, and and we're concerned for all of these systems because they're all connected by by our navigation locks. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess we did respond to this, um, you know, by by going out and and really looking for more. Mm-hmm. Um, we we take that that report and that fish very seriously. So uh, we've had crews out electrofishing and gill netting. Um, TVA and other partners have have had crews out looking for fish as well. Um, so far, so good, right? So I mean, far, we haven't seen any others, and these these fish can move a lot. You know, we we we've, we're doing some studies where uh, we've got tagged fish out and and can see that you know they can traverse way up and way down the reservoirs and through the locks and back down through the locks and um, you know some it's just fish moving mm-hmm. um, and we'd really we're trying to work on on stopping it uh-huh. um, right so but i guess back to uh, some of the our reaction to these uh this fish being found in chickamauga you know they haven't uh been found in gunnersville to this point which is below uh, chickamauga you know and we've had very very few uh reports of additional fish in places like um wilson or, or wheeler and uh nickajack mm-hmm. um and so it's a concern, but we know that they're they're very very few and far between. So, um, so yeah. yeah. And I know our our creel clerks are out there too, uh, visiting with anglers all the time. I Absolutely, mean, just, just yeah. daily. They are. They they're them and law enforcement are right. you know, two of the the most common interactions that we have with our our um, hunters and anglers and outdoors people in general. Um, and so, you know, we've made those career clerks aware, uh, you know, this uh, of Asian carp and are, are, they are helping us spread the, the message about carp and, you know, the negative impacts that they can have uh-huh. um, and really how to, um, how to prevent moving them around. So. so what if someone comes across one of these fish? Do they report it? How do they report it? That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're interested on a couple of different levels in, in wanting people to report Asian carp. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll start with uh, small, you know, juvenile fish. Um, oftentimes we refer to these fish as young of the year or YOY. Uh, we want reports of, of fish less than nine inches from anywhere in Tennessee 
other than the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some of the reasoning behind that, you know, we want to be able to document any reproduction that's going on in our reservoirs. Um, and, and we don't really need to document that so much on the Mississippi River because we know it happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a bigger question, you know, as to whether or not fish are reproducing in our reservoirs and, and how common it is for them to do so or uncommon. Um, so, yes, uh, report fish from anywhere within the state uh, that are less than nine inches um, other than the Mississippi River. And these are Asian carp only, Asian carp, right? yep. yep. And, so. uh, and then we're also interested in reports of any Asian carp, um, you know, in a place where they're not really known to be uh, well-established. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, we think, eastern Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, middle and eastern Tennessee. So, you know, we, we don't need reports of adult silver carp or big head carp in Kentucky Lake. Again, we, we know they're there. We know they're established. Um, but further upstream, places like Nickajack, Chickamauga, you know, you think the Cumberland River as well, um, Old Hickory. Uh, we, we, we know there are some fish in Old Hickory. Um, but if, if there are any Cordell Hall, you know, if you run across one, definitely report from there, um, right. places like that. Okay. And I guess this is where we should say you can report those fish uh, to our ans.twra at tn.gov email address Um, and please if you are doing so uh, include a photo of the fish Uh and uh, location yeah gps coordinates with that is that what you're looking for on location that would be great so you can pinpoint right where that fish was found or seen or or whatnot right so that's ans.twra at tn.gov to report those awesome awesome so what's some uh, work that's being done now are, are there any surveillance any work going on to monitor these areas that we're finding fish or hearing about fish um in terms of new reports or well i, 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 I kind of covered you, some of that yeah I you guess. mentioned heightened um, surveillance i guess electro right yep with our electrofish and our gill netting, you know we've been uh you mentioned creel clerks mm-hmm. they're a big one in getting information out um you know we've we've been in communication with some of our commercial fishermen um, you know, making sure that that they're aware because they're they're out there often. They're setting setting nets and, and different types of gear that that where they might encounter these fish more frequently than right. others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's some of the stuff that we're doing, particularly in regards to those new new reports and okay. kind of monitoring on the the upper edges of the range right now. Right. And as far as knocking back the existing populations that we know about, I know the commercial fishermen have been incentivized to get out there and and go after them, haven't they? Right, they have. Yep, we've uh, we've got our AChip program, which is our Asian Carp Harvest Incentive Program, uh, and that's started in September of 2018. Um, since that time, there have been over 3.7 million pounds of Asian carp harvested um, from. Kentucky Lake, Barkley Lake, uh, I believe Cheatham and, and Pickwick are in that mix as well. Uh-huh. Um, and even just since July of 2020 here, you know, the beginning of our fiscal year, uh, over 2.5 million pounds of carp were, were harvested from Great. those lakes. Wow, so, that's a big big chunk. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's it's big. We're hoping to, to keep that, keep moving up, you know. Yeah. Um, Explain to folks how that works a little bit. Uh, so our 
our harvest incentive program, you know, it provides a, an incentive to uh, commercial fishermen and, whole, and the buyers um, based on a, a pound per pound um Basically Money supplementing incentive. the price yeah, so that they can right. make it make it exactly uh, viable uh, fish to go after right and, and make and, a profit and they also provide uh, netting materials as well so you know to to get some of those people started or keep them going because mm-hmm. some of those netting materials are the are the bigger expenses um, you know right now we're uh, continually trying to improve the program and we know there there are some issues with how much how much fish the market can handle right now and things like uh-huh. that so we're we're looking at ways to to improve things um and i guess there there's some things in the works there that hopefully hopefully will will benefit that program moving forward well i've seen you know some grocery stores have started carrying it uh that i've seen on facebook and some posts and things you know some of these yep. some of these fish are coming out and going to supermarkets they are and here's my plug they, they're delicious you know <laughs> um, I, I i without shame will tell tell anglers this you know if there's if one jumps in your boat take it home make sure make sure you're not transporting it alive they are illegal to possess alive mm-hmm. um but you know you can take as many of these darn things home as you want and and try to try to eat them you mm-hmm. know fillet them look up a, a youtube video and there's plenty of them out there and, aren't and, there and give it a shot if you mess a fish up Oh well, you're out, a yeah. little you know? you're out just we, a little bit of batter we, and a little time. We, we didn't want it in there anyway, so so you got you helped us get rid of one. I'll have to say I I've developed a pretty good taste for those things too because our guys really know how to cook them up. Yeah, and, it's and, uh, it's we, a white flaky fish. Yeah, you know if you can get a, a good piece without bones or learn some way to eat them with the bones in, uh-huh. um, you know it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's. Uh, I like it. If you know what you're doing, it's just, it's not. It doesn't have a fishy taste. No, even no, very mild. I've not had any that that was real fishy. So it's nope. it's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so what's some of the next steps we're going to try to take, or what are we doing? We talked about the A chip program. That's one of them to help stop the spread. Um, we put in barriers, or we we haven't particularly right. barriers so, have been going in and so, things like that. So barriers are another uh, a pretty big next step and that's um, you know it's something that we're working on a lot here with uh, our partners, the, the Army Corps and the TVA and uh, Fish and Wildlife and others um, you know even the other states in the Tennessee River Basin you know, right. we, we work a lot with Mississippi, Alabama and Kentucky um, but barriers are, are an extremely important uh thing for us to try and tackle right now and, and get in as soon as we can um they're not cheap so it takes partnerships doesn't it to make absolutely those happen? they're they're not cheap and and you know they require a certain certain amount of uh environmental review to to see what they could potentially impact right um and so so yeah there's, there's a lot of steps involved uh we're making really good progress right now um you know we're, we're talking with tva very regularly and i think we're we're knocking on the door some some, some good things. Um, as I was saying, you know, with with the barriers, they're they're so important, uh, especially in terms of we don't really know that these fish are are reproducing all that well yet. Uh, we're, we're monitoring for it. We know there was a good year class of fish. You know, they had a, a successful spawn somewhere uh, in the Tennessee, Cumberland, or or even Ohio. Um, in 2015 so right now a lot of the fish in the system are from that 2015 year class mm-hmm. 
and then you know that kind of spurred us to start monitoring for the the small fish like i mentioned earlier trying to track any reproduction um, because if they're not reproducing regularly if it's if it's uncommon or not at all you know a combination of barriers and our uh, commercial fishing you know we we have a chance to yeah. to really knock these things back um whether or not they'll ever be eradicated, there's some, definitely some skepticism on it. I would say I'm a little skeptical myself. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I do think, given those circumstances if, with limited reproduction, we do have a chance to, to have a lot better control of them. Right. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. And uh, another thing that I had down here is education. Education's a big big part of it. Education uh, is, is very huge for us. Um, y- you know, it's... A lot of times people don't know what they're looking at. Um, they, they don't know they're doing something wrong. And trying to get the word out and, and tell people what's out there, how it's impacting their resources and, um, you know, simple things, making people aware that when you when you pull your boat out to go somewhere else, you know, make sure it's, you clean, drain, dry. Right. Um, you know, so you're not moving anything around. Explain um, to people what that means, clean, drain, dry. Yeah, it's a uh, clean, drain, dry is... is uh, is uh, I, for lack of a better word, I can't think right now. A program. Um, yeah, yeah. To you know when you campaign. When you, yeah, when you pull your pull your boat out of the water, um, especially any water that's potentially infested mm-hmm. with an invasive species, um, you want to clean that, clean your boat, clean your trailer, make sure you get you know live wells cleaned out. Um, you're not moving water around. Um, and that's the drain combined. Right. Right. Um, and then. Let it dry. If if you have the opportunity, you know, let that, let your boat sit and and dry out, and so that when you do go somewhere else, um, you know, you're not transporting something alive that could then uh, be introduced and impact a new system. Right. Um, you know, sometimes there are other options. You know, a lot of times people real quick want to maybe aren't having any success in one spot and want to jump to another real quick. Uh-huh. Um, you can do that. Just take the precautions, you know. Um, a certain solution of, of bleach and water in a live well uh, can do wonders. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, finding a, a car wash and a, a, or a heated pressure washer somewhere to um, flush, flush your system, wash uh-huh. your equipment off, things like that. It's really important. Um, and, you know, hopefully people want to be aware of what's there and, and how they could potentially alter... Um, those resources that they enjoy right and i know that our commission has put in place uh bait moving moving restrictions as well so right there are some restrictions down where carp are abundant Uh Um, they're they're not statewide right now so i encourage you to to check out the the regulations tmwildlife.org yep and uh (laughs) and know where what your regulations are where you're fishing um some of the like i said some of those systems where carp are more abundant you know, we, we're prohibiting the movement of right. bait fish that you collect. So if you're out cast netting and, uh, you know, like to cast net shad or skipjack or something like that for bait, uh, it can't be moved in those places because you could potentially have a small Asian carp in there with it. Mm-hmm. Blends right in. It does. They look very similar, especially just to especially not a, paying a lot a, of attention. You a know, net full of them. Right. Yeah. 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 And absolutely a net full of them. Um, and so another thing to bring up there is, you know, it's it's illegal to release uh, any fish into our 
bodies of water, you know, public bodies of water. So um, even your bait, you know, we, we tell people don't don't dump your bait out. Mm-hmm. Um, throw it in the trash or keep it and use it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> uh, don't 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 dump it out in the one lake. thing I've always heard you know, they've encouraged to dump it on the bank, you know, away from the water. You know, or the trash or something. Just get it away from that body of water. Right. I would say preferably not not the just on the ground in a you know a public ramp well, sort yeah, of situation. Sure. Just because you don't want to, to stink for everybody else. <laughs> but in the trash is is a perfectly okay okay place. Right. Right. Yep. Better than in the water. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So another educational component I wanted to to mention is our website. You know, know your source. Uh, our website if it's Asian Carp in Tennessee, TennesseeWildlife.org is the place to come get that information, right? Right. You encourage folks to come there, and they can find all kinds of information. What all, yeah. what all can they find there that you've... Oh, there's a, a bunch of stuff there. Why we're concerned, uh, you know, more of this stuff that we've kind of talked about with uh, when to report uh, certain sizes and species of fish from where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the some of the other efforts that we've had going on you know i think there's there's things about the HIP program about some bow fishing tournaments that we've held before um things like that and um i will say hopefully by the time this is posted our, our website is undergoing or that that section of our website i'll be doing some revisions there yeah improvements so. are coming so go right. check it out yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's a great clearinghouse for the latest and greatest info accurate most accurate information as well because there's a lot of uh, info out there that isn't necessarily so so to speak Mm -hmm. so one thing i think is great little distribution map kind of shows you where you know people aren't uh, if they're new to tennessee or aren't familiar with the systems and how they work you can see kind of where the fish are moving in and out and right uh, where the asian carp are have been found or where we don't want them to go right Mm -hmm. absolutely so uh we've got not a lot of time left, so let's let's. Uh, there's one method, and real quick that we've tried, we've trialed, and it's we're seeing some evidence it might work, right? Modified unified. Uh, yeah. So so the modified unified method was going on in Kentucky. It's a big effort. Lots of partners um, with um, Kentucky's state agency and USGS, uh, Fish and Wildlife, a, a ton of others, um, and you know we all kind of came together as a group and and tested this method out um it's something they've used a lot in uh, over in china i believe and in smaller systems but not systems like we have here Um, i don't know what the final numbers are that really wasn't the biggest push for this it was can this method be used here it's kind of hurting Right, yeah. Uh, groups of fish with big nets and that kind of thing. Yeah, systematically clearing a, an abatement of okay. carp. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of promising stuff came from it. Um, USGS and, and Kentucky's agency up there will, will um, look into what they what they learned from it and kind of determine from there if it's something that should be used sure. more going in into the future. All right. Awesome. Well, appreciate you being here. Thanks, Cole. Cole. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, happy we can introduce you to to the guy uh, to the folks of Tennessee and and uh, let people know who you are and and uh, if you got any questions on Asian carp, you can call the agency. We'll try to help you out best we can. And you bet. Glad uh, to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah. yeah, tight lines, right? Go fishing. Absolutely. Y'all have fun. <laughs> uh, hey, the hats on sale. I forgot to mention this before the show, but uh, twenty bucks on our website or right, GoOutdoorsTennessee.com. 
is where you can buy the hat. Where you can, the same place you buy your licenses, but add it to your cart, take one home. It's a cool hat. They are going like hotcakes too. Yeah, they're it's a, really flying out off the shelves. Yeah, yeah. So uh, get yours today. Uh, Cole, thank you. Don, thank you. You bet. And uh, we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.